Welcome to the Central Vineyard Podcast. We're really pleased you've chosen to join us today. Our vision is to be a transformational church community, following Jesus, joining God in the renewal of all things. We'd love for you to join us in person if you're able to on a Sunday morning. If you would like more details, you can visit our website at centralvineyard.co.uk. comprehensible to us um, this psalm has been read through wars and famine and revolution and poverty and pandemics and grief and sickness um, and tragedy and richness and plenty the words of this psalm and other psalms have been a rock of truth the Lord is my shepherd I lack nothing so here David the author of the psalm says um, lays down the foundation Um, from the opening words of God, my provider. The metaphor of a shepherd that we read out at the beginning vividly portrays the care, the guidance, and the provision that God extends to his people. Just as a shepherd tends to his flock, protecting the sheep, guiding the sheep, meeting their needs, our Heavenly Father does the same for us. And last week, Dan looked a little bit, um, got us thinking about this idea of the shepherd and the sheep. And the relationship and the intimacy and knowing the voice of the master and complete reliance. Now, there's been many times in my life um, when I've known this, when I've needed this, completely laying down uh, my life in the father's hands with no clue what else to do but just to surrender, desperate on my knees. And for people who are regular, they'll know that I've shared that um, over the past year or so. Knowing that the shepherd is there to guide me, to lead me, and in reality, just to show me how to rest. Sometimes to just simply trust and follow him is about all I can manage. But then there are so many other times when I can be my own shepherd, when I just plow on and try and look after myself. In those moments, I can easily forget the surrender it takes as the sheep surrender in this passage. So as we lean into um, listening to um, how God is our provider today, let's just stop for a moment and not just get swept away with a nice picture of a countryside with quiet waters and um, lush grass, but allow our hearts to be touched by the um, invitation of God to surrender to him. So before I go on, I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, as we talk through this passage from Scripture, would you come and inspire our thinking, enlarge our hearts, May we encounter you in this journey and to see you for who you really are, the Good Shepherd. Amen. Okay. Like I said, this talk, this series is um, six weeks. Is that right? Six weeks. Um, And the beauty of spending a prolonged um, period of time in such a well-known psalm is that we get to stop and notice some of the detail, to soak in the imagery um, and be absorbed into the narrative of the, um, of the uh, psalm. And we also can notice the nuances in language. Now, I'm not a language nerd at all, um, at all. Sometimes struggle to string a sentence together. But, um, but notice how this psalm starts in the third person, talking about the Lord. What the Lord does for me, he makes me lie down. He leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me. He is in control. God, 
our provider. Jehovah Jireh. It begins with him, not me. He's at the start. He takes action. He lays me down, whether I stubbornly refuse to or fight it. Now, it's good that oh, Colin's gone. Who's going to ask the questions now? <laughs> Unbelievable. Right, Dan will have to do it. Um, when our kids are um, four and uh, almost, almost five, sorry, almost five. That's very important when you're almost five. Um, and uh, nine and a bit. Um, and when the oldest was a baby, she used to fight sleep. I don't know if Colin and Laura can relate to this. But she would be so tired and have her in her arms and try and rock her. And you'd take her upstairs and put her in a cot. And it was like she had like, is it an altimeter where they know how high they are off the ground? And you'd be fast asleep in your arms. You'd lay her down and her come. Like, <laughs> and then stop again. And you're thinking, you just need to go to sleep. Your life would be better if you just had a sleep. But just fight it and fight it and fight it. And sometimes that's how I think we can be. Um, spiritually. Yet God comes and lays me down. He takes control, knowing what I need before I even know what I need. He provides it whether we acknowledge it or not. Then the pronoun, notice how the pronoun changes from a we to an I because of what he has done. Because he goes ahead and leads us and refreshes us and guides us. Then I can follow him. I can be comforted. I can have my needs met. The third person switches to a union. God and David, the person who wrote the psalm, together, able to tackle the table of enemies and the darkest valleys. The fear is gone when we realize who God is and what he has done ahead of us. And his invitation is to an intimate relationship with him. Surrender and partnership. A safe surrender, a place of sacrifice, being hidden in his presence, not controlled or coerced into walking a path, but a gentle leading, the sheep and the shepherd. It's a process of transformation. It all starts with the nature of God as our provider. His action is consistent with his character of loving, providing and sanctifying us, bringing us into a union with him. And everything in this psalm, is connected with the life and death and resurrection of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's an invitation to a new identity in him because of what he has done. And all of this stands at an incongruous angle to the narrative of the world that declares us that the commander of ourselves, our own provider, our identity is based on what we can make of ourselves. But for me... The more weary I become of the world, the more certain I become of God's. Or the world's way, the more certain I become of God's way. The exhaustion of the world is so just having to make it, to do it, to sort it, to provide for myself, to look like I've got it all together. When the invitation is right here, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. So as I mentioned earlier, the Hebrew name, so that Jehovah Jireh is the Hebrew name, um, here for God. And like I said, it's translated as Lord is my provider. The Lord is my provider and in him I have everything I need. 
when we acknowledge God as our shepherd, we recognize his sovereignty over our lives. We affirm that we're not alone or abandoned in this world, but rather we have a loving and all-sufficient God who watches over us. It's a profound reassurance for me that when God is our shepherd, we lack nothing essential. He supplies our every need according to his riches and wisdom. Moreover, the psalmist's words highlight the fact that God's provision is not merely, uh, not merely functional, but also relational. Sorry, I've got a bit of a, I was a sore throat for two weeks, so I'm struggling a bit. Um, as a good shepherd, he cares about our well-being um, beyond meeting our physical and material needs. So this isn't the prosperity gospel. I just want you to hear that. I'm not. We're not doing that today because we don't do that. But not because, not because that's another week. We just don't do that. <laughs> I'll stop talking about that bit now. Um, he desires that we experience a deep and abiding relationship with him, finding rest and satisfaction in his presence. And when we reflect on these verses, we're reminded that God's provision extends far beyond what we can fathom or comprehend. He meets us at the point of our deepest need, guiding us with a gentle hand and leading us to a place of abundance. He sustains us in times of scarcity and grants us an overflowing blessing in times of plenty. In fact, the translation of provider, as is often the way um, in English, is somewhat lacking um, and it almost seems a bit transactional and we can lose some of the richness of the original word. And many of you here this morning will know um, God is your provider. Jesus taught, us, Jesus taught us to rely on God for our daily bread in the Lord's Prayer. Again, you may well have heard that. Um, so we trust in God for our true provision. He will see to our very basic needs, but there is so much more. The love that underpins this provision is a parental love of seeing to our every need. The reassurance of a, young, um, of a parent to a young child who is overwhelmed or distressed and to know that dad, daddy or dad or mum, whoever, will sort it out. Now, one, again, one of our daughters, I won't tell you which one, but if you know her, she could probably guess who it is um, because the other one just doesn't really bother, cared about anything. Um, but if she breaks something, it's a big deal. You know, she'll come running in, she'll be upset. You know, if Sylvanian family's lost an arm or something, whatever it is. Um, she'll come running in, it'll be a big deal, and she'll get really, really upset about it. And she looks to me to help her in that situation to provide. Now, I don't go, you know, I'm not interested. I'll go and get the super glue out, because that's all I know how to use. Um, there's nothing, I don't think, that you can't fix with no more nails or super glue. Um, but in that mo moment, I'm her provider. I'm her rescuer. And I will do all I can to sort out um, the problem and to comfort her. And I, in that moment, I don't see this broken Sylvanian um, family. It's perfectly honest. We've got hundreds of them. If we get put one in the bin, then that's all right with me. Um, but it's, I see something important to her. And because she's important to me, then the thing becomes important to me as well. 
And so Yahweh Jireh is more literally translated as God will see to it. Now for me, I don't know about you, but that fills me with peace, that translating. So it isn't transactional. It's just God will see to it. If you come to him, God will see to it. Knowing that there is a God who will see to it. A father God, a good shepherd, who when we run to and say help, he doesn't just provide the basics. He doesn't say, get rid of that Sylvanian, you've got loads more in your room. Sometimes that needs to happen. Um, but he's there, ready and equipped, far better than equipped than me with superglue, who God will just see to it. So if you're experiencing any anxiety, maybe anxiety in your life, or perhaps bumping along from one stressful situation to the other, just stop and in this moment hear this being spoken over you. The Lord will see to it. He will provide. He knows. He is with you. And he goes before you. Now, this word provision is a mix of two Latin words, the word that we use for provision. Pro, meaning beforehand or ahead. And then visio, vision, to see, vision, sight, to view. And this is a God who doesn't respond to our needs in surprise, but with a calm knowing of what is already going to happen before it's happened. And he meets us ready and, and equipped to deal with it in the now. So Nathan Stone, who um, wrote a book called The Names of God, um, comments in that book. He says this, it'll be on the screen as well. With God, and this is a bit tricks, we might read it twice. With God... To see is also to foresee, as the one who possesses eternal wisdom and knowledge, he knows the end from the beginning. As God, he is all-knowing, all-wise, and all-powerful. From eternity to eternity, he foresees everything. But another word for seeing is vision, from the Latin word video, or visio, to see. Thus, with God, foreseeing is prevision. As the God of righteousness and holiness and of love and redemption, having prevision of man's sin and fall and need, he makes provision for that need. For provision, after all, is merely a compound of two Latin words mean, meaning to see beforehand. So it's prevision. God already knows what's going to happen. So he can, it moves to provision so he can provide for us. The God of yesterday, today, and forever. And this is true. This, this was true when the Psalms were written 3,000 odd years ago, depending on who I'm talking to. He is constantly, he's been constantly providing before the Psalms are written and after the Psalms are written. He's constantly providing and seeing to it, whatever your it is. And this is a promise that we read um, right at the start of the Bible in Deuteronomy. Um, which again isn't in this one. So if you want that, you'll have to go and get another one. Um, but in Deuteronomy 31 8, it says, The Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And this theme of God being there and providing is a theme that goes throughout the Bible. Now, you might be a natural planner. Um, there's always at least one in each household or friendship group. Have we got more than one in our family? And he's laughing. I think we have. Um, 
So I'm guessing there's a lot of planners in the room this morning. But even the best laid plans and the best planners cannot foresee or provide for every need as much as we try to have everything in our bag for our kids. You still end up having to go in the shop and buying something if you go out. But there is no uncertainty when it comes to God. He sees what's coming and he has all the resources necessary to tackle um, what is coming your way. But more than just planning for the unexpected, God's provision is for all of our needs, our spiritual needs as well as our physical needs. Because he knows that however well we might think we're in control or however good we can be or think we are, we cannot provide for ourselves and our own strength to be perfect and connected with God. And there'll be many people in this room this morning who consider themselves followers of Jesus, um, who you can recall times in their life when God has come through and provided, when God has seen to it. Um, and if you aren't a follower of Jesus and you want to ask, then find a Christian, um, Colin or Laura, and ask them. And they'll have, a, they'll have times of when God has come through. But I just want to take a few moments to share a few ways in which we can see um, God's provision at work today. So first off, we can see God's provision in creation. Right at the beginning, um, God created a world full of provision in Genesis. We read, we read this. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seeds in it. They will be yours for food. And to do... And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. From the vastness of the uni universe to the intricacies of nature, we witness God's provision sustaining life and bringing forth abundance. And I see God's um, provision in nature all the time. Um, God's glory in the vegetables that I'm growing in my garden. It's still a miracle to me that I can put, and I've been doing it for a while, I can put a seed in the ground and with a bit of watering and chasing the pigeons away, in a few weeks you get more food. Like, I don't like, have you ever stopped to think that's a miracle? That's a miracle. I wasn't going to get a picture. I went fly fishing on Friday. I was going to put a picture of me holding the fish that I caught, but I think everyone's sick of hearing my uh, fisherman's tales. If you want to see it, I'll show you afterwards. But I can put things in the garden, and yesterday was a good example. Me and Lottie went round the, we've only got a little patch, and we pulled up enough to eat, to have for dinner. And to me, that's just like, it blows me away. And it, ta well, I don't know if it does taste nicer, but it does taste nicer because you've grown it. But it's a miracle to me that, that God can provide that for me just putting something in the ground and it growing. Next, we see God's provision in history. And this is where I was saying, if you want to ask someone who's a Christian, go and ask them. But throughout scripture, we encounter countless stories that testify to God's provision. From food miraculously appearing in the wilderness, as we read in Exodus, um, to the debt that was paid. Um, there's a story where the debt was paid because um, a widow's oil didn't stop flowing. It never, never, never ran out. And I can look back over my life and, and just countless times where God has come through and provided um, for me. God has seen to it. So what is the nature of God's provision? 
Well, as mentioned, God can provide in every way and in every day. But I've just got a few, a couple of things to highlight um, as we um, finish up. So God can provide for our physical needs. Our Heavenly Father knows what we need. And in Matthew 6, we read, So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. And then in Philippians, we read, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And then in Matthew 6, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So perhaps this morning you've come with a physical need, whether it be your circumstances, your job, your finances, your health, something that maybe you don't know what it is, um, that you cannot shepherd or control alone. And this morning, God's invitation is surrender, to pass the baton and to rely on his provision. And then secondly, God provides for our emotional and spiritual needs. Our God is not only concerned um, by our physical needs, but also our emotional well-being. Through his word, his presence, and the works of the Holy Spirit, God provides comfort and peace and guidance during times of trial and spiritual thirst. This is often for us, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> often for us as a family, um, with friends who aren't connected um, with church, this is what they'll notice different in us. We may not look any different. Well, we might look a bit different. Um, but we still, and we still go through hard times. If you've, again, if you know us, you've seen what our family's gone through in the last um, few months, you'll know we're not immune to difficulties or challenge. But it's the peace and the presence of God that just doesn't make sense to them in those moments for us. Now, that isn't saying that we're always that chilled and relaxed. But that's ultimately where the place it will always come back to. God's provision to our soul is beyond what any mindfulness app or a chat with a good friend could ever provide, as important and as helpful as those things are. But this stuff is deep, deep soul stuff. And then finally, God provides the ultimate provision. The pinnacle of God's provision is seen in the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Through Jesus' sacrificial death, and resurrection, God provides forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with him, and eternal life, which is a prov- provision beyond measure. And this is summed up in the be- famous and beautiful and life-changing words of Jesus when he said in John 3, oh no, I've lost my notes, John 3, 16, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus is the ultimate provision. So to finish up this morning, let's return to Psalm 23. Um, We see the journey that God wants to take us on um, as we rely on him as our provider. He leads us to a place of rest and refreshment, providing for our physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Here the psalmist paints a picture of tranquility and abundance. The imagery of green pastures and still waters signifies not just 
for physical nourishment, but also a, a spiritual refreshment and contentment. Contentment. It depicts a state of rest and peace that can only come from God's provision. In the context of our lives, the green pastures and still waters represent um, the various areas um, where God provides for us abundantly. He nourishes us spiritually through his word and the presence of the Holy Spirit. He grants us peace in the midst of life's storms, calming our, calming our anxieties and fears. He leads us to opportunities and blessing that replenish our soul. And it would be tradition um, at the time when this was written, it probably, I don't know if it is still the way, um, but back then, that, they would, that the shepherd would be continually moving the herd of sheep to regularly find um, fresh grass and to avoid disease, to try and keep them healthy. And during those times, um, the shepherd would walk amongst the sheep when this soothing voice would be a reassurance for them. And interestingly, no matter how thirsty sheep get, um, they will never drink from fast-moving water. So they need to have fresh water to drink, but they can't, they won't drink, they'll think they're going to drown. Um, and so the shepherd would create little pools of calm water for them to come and drink from. And this is our Father God, our shepherd who creates a safe place where we can be refreshed, creates little pools of um, calm. He restores my soul. Has anyone seen the repair shop? Like the repair shop? Is it just me? I like the repair shop. I've got some things I want to try and take on the repair shop on my uh, lounge. Not a Sylvanian. <laughs> I, can, I can fix them. But if you haven't seen it, it's a, it's a lovely show. Um, go and check it out. It's pretty good. But people bring old things that have been well-loved, battered, broken. Um, and then we've got these people who are unbelievably good at fixing things. And they'll, you know, the specialists in all sorts of things. And they'll, they'll take this battered and bruised item and they'll restore it. But they won't just restore it to as it was. They'll keep all of the things, you know, anything that's marks that add to the story, they'll, they'll keep it. And the doll that comes in will still look like an old doll. It won't look like a new doll, but its eyes will have a fresh sparkle. And this is what God can do for us. He restores us. He doesn't necessarily take us and make us absolutely brand new because we've still got a life and a history, but he restores us to how he um, intended us to be. He takes our weary souls and he looks beyond the repair. Damaged by the world and all we've done to it, and he gently and tenderly takes us apart to refresh us, to renew us, to restore us, um, and to make us the way he intended us. Far, way beyond anything that we can do for ourselves. Okay, so normally, and we're going to do it, normally on a Sunday here at Central Vineyard, um, after we've finished the talk, we invite people to stand. So everyone is welcome to stand, and we're going to pray, and we're going to ask um, the Holy Spirit to come and see what happens. So if you would like to join us with that, then I can invite you to stand. Don't feel that you have to. You can just sit and watch and see what happens. Um,
but you are more than welcome to stand. And we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come um, and minister to us. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we just invite you into this place this morning. Will you move amongst us now? Come, Holy Spirit. So maybe you've come here this morning feeling a bit weary and a bit worn out, a bit down. You can't, you can't move on, don't feel like you can move on. You can't hear God's voice, or maybe you've never heard God's voice. Perhaps you don't even know, you're not even sure whether God exists. But you feel a bit, maybe you feel a bit confused and a bit done with life and tired with the world. There's an invitation for you today. In church, we call it the great exchange. So sacrifice is done. Jesus has done it all. We believe that Jesus has done it all. And like I read earlier, Jesus said, whoever believes in me shall not perish, but have eternal life. 